Pain. 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 Welcome to Pop Whiz Bang, a comic conversation with Meggie Ram and Patrick Lay. I'm Patrick them, and this is not a podcast about the most recent releases from Marvel and DC. Uh, though I do have a note about that. This is a podcast about the theory and process behind the comics that you know and love and occasionally listen to, let's be honest. Um, we've got a great episode for you today. We're going to be talking about Friends with Boys by the amazingly and insanely prolific Faith Aaron Hicks, which we'll also get into later. Uh, but before we do, Patrick, I haven't talked to you in like a fuck ton of time. How are you doing? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been more than a second and a day and a week and two weeks and maybe three weeks. Uh, Yeah, doing great. I am uh, going through a a bit of a job change. I put my notice in it, my day job. Uh, I'm still looking for a different day job, but I want to do something more career oriented. So that's strange and kind of scary and a little bit frustrating and weird. Uh, But it's not uh, like I'm alone in that. So uh, but it's a big, it's a big different thing for me. Um, so yeah, that's been a big, that's been a big part of the thing. My traveling has come to an end, at least temporarily. And then you and I are heading to St. Louis on August 17th. St. Louis. Oh, how I love you. Um, can't wait to go back there. Going to eat some fucking fried ravioli, some gooey butter cake. Going to go to the zoo at least 5 billion times. It's going to be grand. <laughs> what have you been up to? Um, I actually had like kind of an ideal day today. I, cause I'm doing, I'm trying to do this new thing where I don't work in my house. Cause if I work in my house, I won't get shit done because I'm just like, oh my God, look at this like Nintendo game or, oh my God, look at this internet article. Like I do need to know which, uh, Nintendo cart I would be if I was a racing car. Um, So uh, I went to the park today where there is no internet and I drew at the park and I got all my work done that I needed to get done and it was great and I had several people uh, misgender me, which is always really fun. Um, Like just got like every kind of gender thrown at me. I got called young man. I got called sir. I got called madame, which was weird. Well, that's really weird. it was just also like very weird because I don't, I feel like that's like a weird thing to do, especially in California, just to, to go like right to gender as the identifier. Like I was wearing a bright red fucking hoodie. Why couldn't they be like, hey, you in the bright red fucking hoodie? To be fair, most of them were grand folk. It's elderly, entirely so possible too that swear. they they have a separate fucking hoodie and they didn't want to think, <laughs> they didn't want you to think they were talking about a, a particular fucking hoodie. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is that I forgot that when you draw in public that you're in public and people are like, so what are you working on? Like, oh, what so are you what writing? And I'm like, I'm clearly not writing anything. <laughs> like, I'm not doing that. And then I was telling him about the comic I'm working on, which is about the uh, women getting the vote. And somebody was like, oh, so you're a historian. And I was like, also, clearly not what's happening right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you want to see my boring garbage that looks like nothing till it's done? <laughs> Yes, I guess yes, so. Yes, exactly, exactly that. Um, so it was, it was just like a nice day. I worked at the, I worked at the park. I got a bunch done. Um, I, yeah, it was great. Um, but enough with how we feel, because that stuff is bullshit. 
Instead, we're going to be talking about... Oh, wait, real quick. I saw the Captain Marvel movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was not super impressed. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a movie. It's thoroughly okay. And I feel like I don't want to pick it apart. I'll just let it go. I just... And like I, I just think had, it's, it's like just an okay movie. Like it's an okay movie. I think I had really high hopes for it because it was the first Marvel movie starring one female character, and so I was super psyched. But because it came out right before Infinity War and all that jazz, I think there was too much pressure to have that have like tie-ins to what was going to happen next. So yeah, I was I was a little disappointed. Not gonna lie. All right, but more importantly, we are talking about one of Patrick's most favorite books today one of his most favorite cartoonists faith aaron hicks we're gonna be talking friends with boys uh yeah you like that accent sounds very weird like it doesn't belong anywhere one might say uh so how about uh patrick you give us that good 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 read synopsis after years of homeschooling maggie is starting high school it's pretty terrifying Maggie's big brothers are there to watch her back, but ever since her mom left, it just hasn't been the same. Besides her brothers, Maggie's never really had any real friends before. Lucy and Alistair don't have a lot of friends either, but they eat lunch with her at school and bring her along on their small town adventures. Missing mothers, distant brothers, high school, new friends. It's a lot to deal with, but there's just one more thing. Maggie is haunted. And in the Goodreads synopsis, that last bit is entirely oh, capitalized I was which i really it. appreciate <laughs> Maggie <laughs> Maggie is haunted. you know um, um we could talk about we're going to talk about this book a fair amount but i will go ahead and say like you you are 100 right and i i consistently forget how much i love this book until i read it like i always know i like it i'm like oh i love that book i, I recommend it to anybody but almost everything about this book is wonderful and delightful to me including the fact that there's there is a ghost that just doesn't <laughs> ever get explained yeah that does, that's not this kind really of water never of says plot. anything yeah i love it so much anyways uh we'll move on how'd we first get into the book how'd you get the book um i think i told you about this before that uh the one library the first library that i went to on my college campus had like uh, a very small but specifically curated selection of comic books and I think this is one of the ones on there I honestly can't remember um this is also something that might have been in Matt's comic collection and you might have been like within the first week everybody needs to read this book and I was like all right I'll read this I book mean I so. probably did say that um yeah this also came from the library for me um this was one of the ones that was always on display in like their teen section, even though I wasn't exactly the tar the target teen they were looking for. Um, and as I was trying to find like more YA and, and young adult books to read, um, just like so I had read them, uh, I picked this one up and deeply fell in love with it. Turns out that Faith Aaron Hicks uh, had done a webcomic that I'd read uh, in high school. Kind of growing up, I had no idea that was hers. Um, and then, you know, since then I've been reading a lot of her work, but yeah, thank you library. Way to go. Yeah. Go. Good job libraries. Um, all right. So I'm going to give you a background of, uh, Faith Aaron Hicks and I want you to know, and we've done a lot of different people as the background of on, or I've done a lot of background checks 
on different cartoonists and writers on this podcast. And this is by far the most impressive like resume I've ever seen in my life. And I just can't believe that she's just done all of this. So, okay. So my first note says, Faith is a supercharged powerhouse that is already making you look bad. Um, she's from Vancouver, Canada, which is the birthplace of two of my favorite people. The other one is Megan Ferguson, who I met at VanCaf. Um, she studied animation at Sheridan College, which I think is really interesting because uh, she's only done a little bit of that. All the best um, but she ones came to do prominence. animation, man. Yeah, we should have fucking done that. Uh, she came to prominence with her long-running webcomic, Demonology uh, 101, which is kind of based on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, or like kind of in that same genre. Also did the webcomic, Zombie Calling in Ice. Uh, she did all this while contributing to backgrounds for the animated series, George of the Jungle, and working on the syndicated comic, Jenny's Brother, which was published by the Halifax Chronicle Herald. She's also currently... Uh, working on after she finished Jenny's brother, she started working on the Adventures of Superhero Girl, which is run weekly in Halifax's local free comic paper, The Coast, and which has also been collected into uh, book editions. Um, she also drew Zombies Calling, which was written by Susan Kim and Lawrence Clavin, The War at Elsmere, which she wrote and drew, uh, Brain Camp, which is written by somebody else, but I don't have it in here, and then uh, Friends with Boys. So uh, if you're keeping track, that is uh, three web comics two newspaper comics, and th four books um, while also working this part-time job. Um, if you're not feeling intimidated yet, just wait, because there's more. Uh, she did uh, the comic trilogy Bigfoot Boy, which was written by Jay Tor. She did Bigfoot Boy Into the Woods, Bigfoot Boy The Unkindness of Ravens, Bigfoot Boy The Sound of Thunder. She also drew Nothing Can Possibly Go Wrong, which was written by Prudence Shen, who she's worked with on a couple other projects. She worked on The Last of Us with Neil Druckmann as a co-author. She worked on Buffy the High... Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, the High School Years, Freaks and Geeks, with Joss motherfucking Whedon as the goddamn co-author. Then she started working on another trilogy, which she wrote Andrew, of uh, the Nameless City trilogy. Also, I'm not done yet, okay? I'm not done. That's just... And I don't... She's not... She's like a young person. Like, this is, yeah, this, like, barely she, scratching the fucking like surface here. She's been at it for a while, but, like, a lot of this, this was done... This is an insane... It was done in a very short period of time. This is an insane amount... This is an insane amount of work. I think the only person that I could possibly compare her to is Tilly Walden, and the only reason that Tilly Walden isn't here is because Tilly Walden is, like, 23. Like, holy... Fucking Jesus Christ. Okay, so she wrote Avatar The Last Airbender in Balance Book 1 because she's a goddamn talented beast that can write and draw. Terrifying. And I do mean write because she's also published a book book called Comics Will Break Your Heart. Best title ever. And she's done all this. She has a new comic coming out this summer written by Rainbow Powell called Pumpkinheads. And I just saw on her Instagram that she finished inks on another book that she just finished called Summers at Elsmere. Like, holy shit. She just, like, her hand has to be, she has to have it replaced in, like, 10 years. Like, I can't believe she's done all of this stuff. And every also, once in a while, she does these little auto-bio comics on her Instagram or something, like stories from going to cons or things that happen to her while she's working. And it's just, like, she's just so very, very good. So very good. Sorry. I wonder if she did, I wonder if she did the coloring on... I think she does the coloring for a lot of this shit too. 
Jesus, that's crazy. Um, real quick, I just want to show uh, something to Patrick over uh, the Webernet um, because we don't do this in the same room because, you know, traveling back and forth between SF and Ohio would get expensive. But look what Maya gave me. Oh. I got the first chapter of Faith Aaron Hicks' new uh, comic, Pumpkinheads, which looks really adorable. And it's just like everybody's fall wish to just go hang out in like a place that has pumpkin flavored everything. Anything called pumpkin heads better be adorable. I am going to go ahead and throw out that I think she's originally from Halifax, Nova Scotia, uh, which is like on the opposite okay. side of the country as Vancouver. But all the animation in Canada is in Vancouver. So I think that's where she is. Not now. all of it. Some of it's in uh, Quebec now. Oh, yeah. I actually or Alberta. Just, yeah. I did just see a. An article about that but a lot of it's in in vancouver dear canada dear canada please send us one of your cartoonists preferably faith aaron hicks kate beaton i know she just had a baby but she can't be that busy or uh one of your <laughs> other lovely cartoonists so we could interview them uh and figure out where these places are because as you all know we're dumb americans and geography and other languages are not our strong suits um, all right, so moving on to the actual book. Um, there's a couple different characters in this book. This actually has a pretty large cast of characters for how short of a book it is. So um, there's Maggie, who's a freshman entering her first year of high school. I will say that we don't really know much about Maggie beyond the fact that she's haunted by a 19th century ghost. Like, we know that uh, her twin brothers, uh, Lloyd and Xander, are in a fight and they like to work on set crew. Uh, we know that our older brother, Daniel, works in theater um, and is kind of a popular guy. And we know that Lucy, her new friend, is obsessed with all things dead and creepy and that her uh, Lucy's brother uh, used to be in volleyball um, and hates everybody hates him for mysterious reasons. Um, but Ma we don't really know a lot about Maggie. Like, we don't know... If she's interested, oh, she. I think we know that she her loves favorite the class is English class from the she map. She loves the movie Alien. She likes. She loves the movie Alien. You're true. Movies. You're she right. Really you're right. She really likes hanging out with her brothers. Um, she's homeschooled, mm -hmm. so uh, this is her first time um, really being around a lot of other people. So she really kind of only. Knows I just kind of wanted to. I just kind of wanted to see her like be interested in like a hobby or a sport at high school, especially if it's your first time in high school. I feel like you'd be like, I need to join the art club so everything seems a little bit less intimidating um that was like my one drawback um but basically we follow maggie as she goes to her first day of high school and while she's on her way to high school she walks through the cemetery where this 19th century ghost uh just shows up and follows her around and apparently she's been seeing this ghost for a really long time ghost doesn't say anything just kind of stares at her quietly <laughs> and i love the uh, one of the things i think is really really strong about this story is um that there is a lot of ambiguity the ghost doesn't say anything you don't know what the ghost motivations are and the fact that the ghost shows up really really early in maggie's life indicates mm -hmm. um at least to a reader who might be looking for some sort of theme that the ghost isn't just one thing right so um, yeah. Another big facet of this story uh, that we were kind of heading towards is that Maggie's mother has left their family very recently. Um, and you don't know much about why or where she's gone or just how separated she is. And it's also kind of obvious to uh, you as the reader that it's something that the family just doesn't talk about. Uh, when they bring it up, 
or they just haven't talked about it as a whole family when it gets brought up like in the first chapter uh one of the brothers is like yeah well then uh, mom ran off and then the other brother is like well what do you know it's time to go to school let's everybody go to school quick change of subject everybody leave time to get out of this awkward situation as fast as humanly possible yeah um, and i think it's pretty easy to read the ghost um at first as sort of like this uh metaphor for her mom and sometimes maggie talks to the ghost like her mom um mm-hmm. but the ghost isn't her mom and that's part of the the whole experience of the book is that that there are there are things in in maggie's life that she can't change and mm-hmm. the ghost is one of those things she can't explain the ghost she will never understand the ghost she does not know the ghost and um yeah, so I, I, it's one of my absolute favorite aspects of the way this story unfolds. Anyways, I'll let you continue. Uh, well, I, would, I mean, we can just talk about the rest of it now. Um, I really love the humor in this book. It's really, it's got really good comedic timing. Um, if you are just tuning into this podcast and you're like, what's this Patrick fellow like? I don't know. Read this book and this is Patrick's humor like in a nutshell, which I uh, think is really, really funny. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, the, the it's really interesting I, I the thing that always strikes me when i read this book is you don't need to have more it's a really good story that's got a good beginning and a middle and an ending but i still want more because i'm already so invested in the characters like i want to see like more of the friendship evolve between like lucy and maggie and kind of see how that goes like also maggie's dad is a police officer like how is that gonna go later on into high school um and her twin brothers lloyd and xander end up making up and i kind of i just want to see more of this world it's just like really interesting to me i i just i just want like another i I don't even know what you do in the sequel though is the thing so i just always want more out of this it's a um yeah it's a very uh tight snapshot it really takes place only over maybe a few months but possibly only over a, a couple weeks um, as she just starts high school, it might even be only over a couple days if I really sat down and, and looked at it. Um, yeah. So it it's at this very precarious time in all of the characters' lives where there is a lot of change, um, a lot of different things uh, happening, and that uh, they're all trying to adjust to. And um, I think especially for. Maggie, it's pretty big and dramatic. She's going to school for the first time, but everybody's kind of having these set of experiences. Um, Daniel, the the one brother, um, it's Maggie's oldest brother. He's really big into theater and he's super, super confident and like popular, uh, especially among the theater kids. Um, like she sees him always hanging out with like different people and having a great time and kind of being a leader, which is weird to her because that's not how we, like she would have imagined yeah. <laughs> him at school. I just read um I just read No Ivy League by Hazel Newlevant um who was all it that's all about how her experience from going to homeschool from being homeschooled to like hanging out with other high schoolers and it's just like this very interesting thing like cuz that's something that I have a hard time I don't want to say empathizing with but it's really hard for me to see where the character's coming from just because I'm not homeschooled and I haven't had that experience. Also that like being homeschooled, being taught by my parents and then only seeing my family for the majority of the day sounds like a fucking nightmare to me. That would be like hell on earth. 
I was homeschooled for one year, and uh, my parents are not teachers. And you were like, this is hell on earth. (laughs) Yeah, my parents are not teachers. (laughs) But, I mean, there's a lot of different things that come up. Like, for example, when you're you're homeschooled and all your time is spent around your family, you – you know them so well, right? Like you have this, this second hand, like, um, not second hand. What am I trying to say? This sort of like interior language that you, you provide the things that you're worried about, the things you like, the things you don't like, and everything becomes, uh, you know, set in those contexts. And suddenly when you get around new kids, like their priorities are utterly different. They don't know any of the things, you know, you know, they, Mm -hmm. you're used to going from a a place where like everybody gets your references to suddenly you're in a place where nobody understands anything you're fucking talking about. Um, one of the things, you know, that happens at the beginning of this book is she walks into like the lunchroom and then she's like, nope, can't do it. And (laughs) tries to dip out. Um, cause it's just overwhelming. Um, I've done that. Yeah, for totally, I mean, not for my first day of school stuff, but yeah, totally overwhelming. Oh, on the first day of high school, I tripped in front of the entire cafeteria, and Mm. then on my second day of high school, I sat on the wrong benches, because apparently they're senior benches that you're not allowed to sit on if you're a stupid, stupid freshman. Um, And then after that, I just started eating my lunch in the hallway, because nobody else was there, and it seemed like the safest bet. (laughs) (laughs) Wah, wah, wah. Depressing stories from Maggie's high school experience. Um, I think my favorite thing about this book is that you have this ghost character who shows up and Maggie gets it into her head. Also, this is kind of giving me a loop because Maggie and Maggie is a little confusing. Um, but Maggie gets it into her head that uh, the ghost is haunting her because the ghost needs to be reunited with her dead husband's prosthetic hand. Which I also find really interesting that the one thing that was left behind was the prosthetic hand. Is that like, that must either be based on a legend that's just like so obscure. Um, but yeah, so the, her, the, the her, legend that they're talking about is that there's a, uh, a ship that goes to sea and when it comes back, the only thing that's left is a prosthetic hand and the woman all dies the crew have of disappeared. heartbreak. And uh, the prosthetic hand is on display at the local museum. And yeah, Maggie gets into her mind that if she can re- reunite the ghost with the the hand, that the ghost will be sated and and yeah. leave in peace. And it kind of draws, yeah, and it kind of draws parallels with Maggie's own situation that her mom has left, and so she's giving the hand back to the ghost, and she's like, "Ghost, take the hand. You take the hand, and everything will go back to normal, and everything will be fixed. Like once everything's reunited, everything will be fixed." And then Maggie's kind of faced with the like realization that reuniting things won't fix won't fix her family situation with her mom leaving and that her mom leaving is isn't something that is her job to fix yeah it's something that she's going to have to it's something that totally fucking sucks but she's going to have to figure out a way to deal with that on her own terms and just uh and blaming herself isn't going to going to make it get fixed any faster there is a, a scene where um, she's gotten very upset and smashed a picture and run up to her room. She's like literally laying under her bed and her brother Daniel comes up and she confesses to him that she thinks it's her fault that her mom left because her mom had planned. Um, her mom had all boys and the boys had their dad and that she was the only girl and she should have been a better girl so that her mom 
wanted to be around. And she had like, her mom had planned this girl's day and she didn't want to go on the girl's day. She wanted to go see Alien in the theater. And she told her that she liked being with her dad and her brothers more than she liked being with her mom. And she thinks that's why her mom left. And my favorite thing about that confession, besides the fact that it's heartbreaking and the kind of thing that every person thinks and entertains at one point in time or another, that the the failures of the people around you or even the things that aren't failures, just that suck, are your fault, uh, is that her brother doesn't say anything. He doesn't say, oh, no, that's not your fault. Or I also think it's my fault. He just says nothing because that's what would really happen. <laughs> like yeah. when you confess something dark and weird to your siblings it's especially when they're that young in high school yeah he just listens and and lets that that thing sit in the air and then they gently sort of reorient towards you know the dramatic thing that had happened that day which is she had been picked up by the Mm -hmm. cops um that's the other thing that i really like this book is that it does a lot with like gender identity kind of before it even swept comic book shelves because maggie talks a lot about how she doesn't want to go on shopping trips with her mom that when she was growing up and when she went to see, she really liked scary movies, but when she went to see scary movies, she couldn't see a character like herself reflected on screen. A lot of the characters that she saw were the ones who were like, Oh, my ankle, like save me. Yeah. Um, And so she loves alien because Ripley's in it and really Ripley's a total badass character. Um, also I still haven't seen Alien yet and I know that's terrible, but it's just because I I have to get like maybe we'll no, watch it this week. No, I have to, it's, I have it's to a be scary in the mood. movie. Y'all don't like scary movies. It's okay. Don't watch it. It's literally one of my favorite movies. So I mean, maybe that's another thing that has this that puts this one in my corner is like her favorite movie is one of my favorite movies. Um so one of the things I think I can't I would not call it a weakness because I love this book so much, but everybody has a resolution towards the end. Um, do you feel Even like the that's... the Twin Brothers, which I really I like. I think the Twin Brothers are the one that's the most pat. Yeah. That's the most like... I think the one that I like most is... Uh, so Maggie's new friend Lucy has an older brother, Alistair. And at the very beginning of the book, everybody's like, you know Alistair? He's the worst. Fuck that guy. Watch out for and, like, Alistair. You don't really... Yeah, and you don't really figure it out. And then it turns out that the year before, Alistair had been like kind of a dumb jock and he was a jerk to his sister and he was a jerk to Maggie's older brother, Daniel, um, until uh, it kind of came to a head and he was like, I really don't like being this person. So he shaved his head so he could uh, match his sister's craziness because his sister kept getting made fun of even by him for being weird. So he shaved his head so he fit in with her and kind of the head jock of the school is pissed at him. Uh, Maggie's brother Daniel is still mad at him because uh, he was a jerk to Daniel. And I just really like the resolution because there's this one point where Alistair is looking for uh, Maggie and his sister and he runs into Daniel. And Daniel says, hey, you know, shaving your head doesn't make up for all that stuff that you did. And Alistair goes, I know. I know it doesn't. Which I just really appreciated because, like, I, I appreciate that there wasn't it wasn't like a moment where he was like, I see that you've like befriended my sister and that like you're trying to get better. Like we're all good now. I, I like that there was that bit of like, look, you were a dick and I might be able to forgive you at some point, but right now I don't really feel the need to. And there's definitely like one of the things I, I adore about Faith Aaron Hicks writing on this book 
is uh, none of the characters are are very simple, right? So Daniel's very popular, but he's still kind of lower on the social ladder than Super Jock Boy, who hates people who are different. And um, even his relationship with Alistair um, is one where he he kind of warns his sister, but he's not trying to thwart that relationship. In another book, Daniel would be like, you can't be friends with him because he was my mortal enemy. But he doesn't yeah, say that. Yeah, the fact that they're really, yeah, the fact that they're vague about it is really interesting. Yeah, he says like, eh, just watch out for that guy. Like, I don't know. I don't know, but his sister seems nice, but he, you know, just watch out. Just be careful. And then when he yeah. comes around, he's like, you know, like, I see you trying to, to be different. But that doesn't change anything if you don't, you know, like. Yeah. And it's very personal between him and Daniel. It's not all about the protagonist. So it's this very realistic relationship between these two characters who are side characters. Simultaneously, Alistair himself is a pretty nice sort of demure dude and probably in reality would have a lot more dick still on him, you know, like he'd still probably be more of an asshole. But yeah. he is so It's really that's that's hard for me to believe. He's that's so hard for me to believe ashamed. that he's done a total 180 yeah. switch. The thing that that is one thing that that really stands out to me is that like once he saw who he was, like he still can't quite forgive himself. Like he is so ashamed of who he has been and he's trying to be a better person, but he has not forgiven himself, you know, and he hasn't really asked for forgiveness, which is something that he should maybe have done. Um, but mm-hmm. it, it does give in the end, Daniel has the grace to accept him and allow him to continue being part of this like social group towards the end of the story. Um, it's, it's a very, uh, delicate, balance that for me is pitch perfect done because it's so (laughs) easy to fall into some very heavy handed woe is me kind of bullshit that's what i would do but she doesn't because she's very good um Mm -hmm. yeah writers and illustrators man you gotta watch out for them um just real quick about her art and her process uh if you have if you see this book and you're like, damn, that looks great. I want to know everything. She has links on her website to absolutely everything in terms of her process. Um, but real quick, uh, she used to use pen and pencil, um, but now she does most of her stuff digitally. She does most of her penciling digitally. Um, she does rough pencils on Manga Studio. Then she prints them out onto Strathmore Bristol smooth surface which is really cool she cuts down the paper to fit into her printer and she prints it out in uh non-photo blue um and then uh she just inks right over it and she still i think that she still does digital or she still does um hand inking for this one she she did she did that's um, literally it windsor series seven brushes and the ink work is beautiful it it's really uh in that vein in between sort of like a sort of a mechanical manga style and a very organic brushy there are these dry brush sections and this half tone that i assume was done digitally um that she uses to enormous effect uh both to set um planes of um depth and also emphasis. There are these panels where 
um, the background character will be in the halftone, the foreground character will be white, and then in the next panel, it'll reverse as like the emphasis of the panel changes. And suddenly we get a different expression from the background character, and you can see them more. Um, or there are some panels where Maggie is in halftone, but her eyes are, are completely white, um, you know, for things where she's shocked or in, you know, realizing something. Um, it's really, really smart storytelling use of the halftones in this. It's not purely representational of like, you know, oh, this is this is the sky and this is the ground and this is the texture. Um, she really, mm-hmm. really pushes the use of them as narrative elements as well as um, representational elements, which I, I deeply appreciate. Um, so wrapping up, if you like this book, what book would you recommend? Uh, read this book again. <laughs> I just recommend anything by Faith Aaron Hicks. Uh, honestly, check out her uh, Nameless City trilogy. It's uh, it's pretty cool. It's also in color, um, which is a little bit different than the stuff that we've been seeing. Um, but yeah, um, Patrick, where can people of Earth find you? If they're looking for me on the internet, they're gonna look for my Instagram, my Twitter, my website. They can go to patrickwaycomics.com and find all of those things. My web comic is on Webtoon forget that through my website or go direct p-l-u-t-a-r-i-a-n underscore two that's plutarian two on twitter or instagram maggie where are they going to find you if they're people on earth i am maggie the ram on pretty much everything patreon tumblr uh twitter i've been doing some commissions lately so check that out um oh i'm also on instagram if you want to find us on the internet we are pop underscore whiz underscore bang on instagram and on twitter or you can send us an email at pwbpod at gmail.com uh but we're done talking about comics now you're gonna have to go read some 